Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, before we get started, we got an exciting CarCast episode for you today, and we've got our my buddy Brad Fanshawe calling in. We talk about driving the McLaren 720S and the Acura NSX this weekend, and then we tell you about some new features on Apple CarPlay that are coming out. Before we get started, we want to tell you about Dodge. It's Dodge Performance Days, where we celebrate speed, power, and performance, and that new car smell gets replaced by the scent of burnt rubber with Dodge Charger, and it's available best-in-class. 485 horsepower. Hello, welcome to CarCast. I am Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, and CarCast is brought to you by Zybar for better engine performance, horsepower, fuel economy, and lower underhood temperatures. Zybar is an ultra-thin, high-temperature coating that reduces radiant heat by 90%. So put Zybar on, take heat off. You can learn more at Zycoat.com. All right, we're getting started here with CarCast. And uh, our boy Goldberg is uh, is traveling. He was supposed to be on the show today. He got a little bit hung up in the airport. And, uh, and we made an executive decision in that... Goldberg can walk through the airport and call in, and uh, probably uh, you guys can hear all of the traffic in the airport along with security checkpoints, or we will bring in a guest host. And uh, uh, Goldberg said, hey, let's not, uh, let's not introduce you to all that noise like we normally do. So we got our guest host. We got our friend Brad Fanshawe. Brad is my co-host on Shift and Steer. He's a car guy. He's a wheel guy. He's a hot rod guy. If you haven't listened to Shift and Steer, check it out. And uh, welcome, Brad. How you doing? Hey, how you doing, man? Thanks for... I, are you sure it wasn't that Goldberg just wanted somebody that was kind of the same physical stature as himself? <laughs> sure. sure. <laughs> Goldberg eats more food <laughs> than you weigh every day. <laughs> You're probably right. You're um, probably right. I, you know, I'll tell you this about Goldberg. is he's, he's busy. He's on planes. He's flying around. And never once has he said... I can't do the show. He's always said, I'll try to do it. Let me call in. I'm going to do this. And it's usually me that says, don't worry about it. Don't don't kill yourself trying to do it. He's He's been in and he's dedicated on this show. And, and I, I appreciate that. Hopefully you guys do as well. But um, he, this is, you know, it's not a big paying gig if it pays at all. And uh, he is dedicated to doing all these shows. But um, – so this is what we've got. We've got a few things going on. Uh, Brad and I spent a beautiful romantic weekend at the Ritz-Carlton uh, in yes. Linnegal. And um, there was some spooning and some wonderful meals and uh, and some cars. We'll skip the meals and spooning and we'll tell you guys about the cars. Um, well, we were spooning with the cars. I don't know about <laughs> you, but I was, I was just uh, – you know, having a little bit of uh, horsepower action with that uh, car I was driving. Yeah. 
Yeah, you are. Um, but before we get into that, I found some news that came up. Uh, being a, the nerd that we are about cars and technology, um, Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference in San Jose was uh, a couple days ago as you're, as, uh, as you're hearing this. And they announced a, a big upgrade to Apple CarPlay. Since CarPlay debuted in uh, maybe 2014, um, I've liked it. But one of my one of my big complaints has always been uh, no split screen view. Um, it's interesting because I think now uh, now is like the big Dodge Ram with the giant screen in it does do like a split screen. Not it doesn't split CarPlay. It puts CarPlay in the bottom half of the screen or the top half or whatever, and it puts like your radio and stuff on the top. On the other side, and I noticed recently. I don't know if you noticed this, Brad, but the the new Range Rovers, Land Rovers with the with the multiple screens in them. I was right. getting CarPlay on the top screen and the bottom screen that has the uh, the controls for the car for like uh, you know the settings and climate control. You can put the radio down there. You can put like Sirius XM, AM, FM, whatever. So you can you can play that and and have your CarPlay up on top. Um, however, Apple is saying that uh, they have announced um, uh, some upgrades to CarPlay, and it will include, uh, I don't want to say split screen, but for lack of a better term, um, it is split screen. They are doing a a multi-view display. So now CarPlay will put, like, the map on the left side, and on the right side, it'll put other things, like text messages and phone calls and whatever. So it's not, it's more, it's better. It's more better than the... It's than these, more better. It's more better. Well, you know, you're... Than the split screen. I mean, you're right, Matt, because, the, you know, very seriously, when you're going down the road and you're trying to keep your eyes on the road and, you know, you, you've got a map that you're following, but then a call comes in and you want to glance over and see if it's something you got to answer or not, it, you, you're you're taking road eyes off the road to, to touch that screen and flip it back and forth. So a split view is, a multi-view is, is great. Now, um the other thing that it does is when you want to use Siri to say send a text message or a call right now, like you hit the button, it kind of wipes off the screen. It goes to a Siri thing and it tells you, you know, it's like, what do you want to say? Now it, it'll kind of do Siri like behind the scenes. So it don't it won't remove like your map and, and radio stuff. That's uh, at least that's what I'm being told. Um, so Siri is kind of. And will she get your text right when you say it? It won't say something um, half obscene when all you said I, was. Hey, I'll be there a little late. I it's it's interesting you say that is because I listen carefully to what she says on the playback, and I often say change. And as much as I would love to see it written on the screen when I say it, but the whole point is that you don't look at the screen. But um, exactly, yeah. There's so many times I'm using a CarPlay and I'm talking to Siri for a text message, and I send it to a friend, and somebody writes back. You must be in the car using CarPlay. <laughs> and I'm like, exactly. why? And she's like, because nothing you just said makes any sense at all. Um, and uh, uh, so the other upgrade is 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 a pretty significant upgrade um, in Apple Maps. There is a, a collections feature which uh, can be used to share destination, and there's favorites for places that are frequently visited. And uh, and there's there's a I guess there's like a look around feature as they're calling it that allows you to use 3D photography to show realistic street views. Um, and the new maps will be uh, available the end of 2019. 
and the the new version of CarPlay will be available when iOS 13 is updated in the fall. So when you when, as part of the Worldwide Developer Conference, they announced a new operating system, iOS 13, and that update is in the fall, and it'll include this. So um, you don't have to do anything to your to your car, obviously. It's all done on your phone. Um, and then uh, Apple said something like, to get maps like better and more accurate, um, they did something like 4 million miles of driving uh, through with all of their developers and testing. Um, That's all? And uh, that was on Sunday. They did that last Sunday. <laughs> yeah. No wonder it was so busy everywhere I went. Right? So 90% of new cars, I feel like I'm doing the Continental ad uh, with yeah. the belts, but 90% of new cars sold in the U.S. have CarPlay. And uh, that is an unconfirmed fact. Um, well, it, it is one of the most reliable of the ones that are out there. I mean, when we jump in these cars to drive them, you know, you can usually kind of rely on CarPlay, and, and and then because it's in so many different platforms, it makes it familiar and easy to easier to use. Well, so that's that's the that's the big point right there, Brad. Is CarPlay allows you to go from car to car, especially like what mm-hmm. we do, and bring CarPlay with you, and it's the same all the time. So we can jump in, you know, a, a whatever the Jaguar, the Land Rover, the the you know, Cadillac or whatever, and and basically bring CarPlay with you. Um, we touched on a little bit uh, a week or so ago on this show and Shift and Steer about um, I was went to the new uh, to the Lexus RX debut. That's their their midsize uh, SUV. Um, it's their best selling vehicle of the entire uh, Lexus lineup. And one of the big new features, uh, cosmetically, the the car is essentially the same, but one of the big new features was um, a better integration of CarPlay, and uh, and the RX has like a standard, I think, eight point three inch screen or eight point two inch, and then it has an optional twelve point three, I think, screen. So. I posted a couple pictures on social media, and uh, some of you guys had commented saying, well, it's got the big iPad-type screen tacked on the dash that's kind of goofy looking. I agree. But that is the optional screen. So you can get the 8-inch and the 12-inch or just the 8-inch. Have you noticed, though, that with all these new screens in the cars and everything, that as you're driving down the freeway at night or down any road at night, it always looks like everybody has their dome light on now? Yes. I, mean, it, I mean, everybody's interior cap used to be dark and black, and and now it's uh, now it's like lit up, and it or or it's this this uh, very uh, sinister like blue glow or something like that. It makes filming the driver at night easier. Oh, much easier. Yes, <laughs> uh, there's probably an app that you can load in there for just that specific reason. Yeah, like a flashlight for app for your face for photographers. <laughs> exactly. Uh, um. Yeah, so I don't know. Interesting, interesting stuff on updates on Apple CarPlay. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, uh, that's one of the big, you know. I, like I said, I like CarPlay, but having a multi-view screen or a split screen, I think, would make a huge difference. Um, but the thing is, is I think it only splits between multiple apps within CarPlay. What where you're going to get hung up is if you're listening to the radio or like Sirius XM 
and then you want to use CarPlay stuff, you still have to switch the entire screen over to CarPlay. Unless you're in the car, like I said, like the Range Rover that m- has multiple screens, you know, or the Dodge or, or the Ram has multiple screens. Um, so I guess we'll see how that works. May- I don't know. Maybe CarPlay will allow you to, t- might display the vehicle's audio system next to a CarPlay map. That would be badass if it did because, you know, the press cars that we get um, almost always have a subscription to Sirius XM. So I like listening to uh, I like listening to some music and some talk and some stuff like that without, uh, without a lot of the commercials. Um, but every time I get a text message or make a call, it moves that screen away. Right. You know, so it'd be nice to to have access to both of those at the same time. And some of these higher end cars, I, I guess a lot of the cars are getting a little crafty. Like you have your steering wheel controls, and then you have your gauges, and maybe like to the left of your gauges is is, is you know your trip and your you know, and then you can scroll through the different menu for different things. And oftentimes they'll put like the radio display in there as well. So uh, you can even find that on a lot of these in the heads up display. So it's right in front of your face. You can flip amongst all those different things. Yeah. It'd be nice to get, like, your presets in there. Not many of them do presets. Oh, and to the point on the Lexus was, uh, Brad, you've driven the Lexus quite a bit a lot um, as well, and Lexus has, like, the trackpad for your finger, and it moves the cursor on the screen. What's your feeling on that? What's your... Do you like it? Do you not like it? Do you... What's your feeling? After I drove it a while, I liked it a little bit better. But, um, you know, I can take it or leave it. I, I like to have something a little more visceral, a little more, you know, where I can, like, if I'm looking down I'm at that down on the center console, I'm taking my eyes off the road. If there's a switch I can just feel for and switch each screen or something like that, I feel a little more comfortable, you know? Right. I, I agree with you. I, I I started to get used to it, but it takes a few days, and I never mm-hmm. really know where the cursor is kind of going. And it seems like I put my finger on it, and sometimes my finger slides as I remove it, and it moves the cursor away. So Lexus's thought on this is, why have just one way to control it? So the new RX is going to be the first car in their lineup where it has the trackpad, but it also now has a touchscreen and it has voice control. So if you're – and I like that because sometimes you're – I don't know. You're thinking about something or you want to click a button real quick and, and you're used to CarPlay as a touchscreen. You don't want to use the trackpad for it. Now you can just touch the screen. But on the Lexus before, uh, it, you couldn't – you it, it wouldn't do anything. You didn't have a touchscreen. Yeah, and when you're getting used to it, that trackpad's kind of like when you have a wireless mouse that the battery's going dead on and you can <laughs> find the – cursor sometimes and other times it's disappeared it just doesn't doesn't work as well it doesn't work all the time that heads up display to have my movies and my uh, email on there is that going to be a problem you think yeah well it's on your heads up display it's gonna it's gonna show you uh uh the 24-hour war documentary while you're driving (laughs) exactly (laughs) just watch racing documentaries while you're driving and see how you do Um, All right, before we get into more stuff, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about Dodge. There's no better time to celebrate speed, power, and performance than during Dodge Performance Days. So hurry in and replace that new car smell with the smell of burnt rubber. Very well done. (laughs) Very well done, yeah. The smell of burnt rubber, is that a a, uh, 
like new car scent for Dodge? It, it pretty much is, especially if you're if you're Goldberg. By the way, if you guys didn't get a chance to go back and listen or to watch the Hoonigan video where where Goldberg took delivery of his carbon fiber Hellcat, his Speedcore car, he took it out there and they brought another car. Um, they brought like a Whipple supercharged Demon. And uh, they're like, do some burnouts, Goldberg, do some burnouts. And he did it like three times. And they're like, there's still some tire left on this car. <laughs> He's like, all right, it's not my car. And he just tore it up. So uh, he had a, he had a great time doing that. And some, uh, uh, it was fun uh, to to see that. It's, it's a good video. I don't know. It's got to be 10 minutes long. He gets to have all the fun. I swear he does. He's uh, He went on vacation, I think, uh, this weekend. That's why he got held up flying back. And then, uh, then he's going to turn around and go to Saudi Arabia, I believe, and fight the Undertaker. I know that was supposed right. to be you, Brad, but they you got replaced by by Goldberg. I know I, they they said I wasn't toned up enough, so that's that's the problem. <laughs> we'll see if the Undertaker... I've tried eating as much as he does, and all I do is get fat. <laughs> yeah, so it doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. He he doesn't really eat donuts like you do. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, he does them. He does donuts. He does quite a bit. So we uh, we took the cars out. Um, we had the McLaren 720s. You drove it for a bit while I was driving the Acura, and then uh, working with Acura and McLaren, we swapped. So you were driving the Acura this week in the NSX, and then I was driving the McLaren. And um, it's it's I, I, we have some thoughts on it. We we definitely have some thoughts on it. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Acura is about the easiest supercar, if you will, to drive out there. And it's incredibly fast. It's 0 to 16, 2.9. The McLaren 720S is 0 to 16, 2.7. And it really couldn't be any more different than the Acura. Um, certainly the McLaren is feels much more supercar-ish and much more visceral. Um, and honestly, a little bit more of a chore to drive. Fantastic, but but a little bit more work. Now, it's more to, of a race car on the street. Yeah. Now, to be fair, this is not this. This isn't a side by side comparison. No. An Acura no, would compare to a five seventy uh, McLaren, not a seven twenty. The seven twenty is in their yeah, super definitely. series, not their sports car series. Yeah, because it's comparative to like like we've talked about before that the five seventy, the nine eleven turbo. And the Audi R8 V10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we're not trying to say that we're comparing them. It was just we were damn lucky to have them both at the same time. Yes, Aztec Gold and Dave Merrick Orange. <laughs> There's a real name for <laughs> exactly. it, but it's like Orange Pearl or something or other. I don't know. Um, but uh, uh, the Spider is fantastic. Um, to get into the McLaren, so the McLaren. Uh, and I, I believe we touched on this on one of the other shows, but the McLaren is uh, 710 horsepower at 7,500 RPM, and it's 568 pound-feet of torque at 5,500. Um, similar to the uh, Acura, it has a it has a seven-speed dual clutch. Uh, I think the Acura is seven-speed, um, but it's a real dual clutch uh, with a manual shifting mode. Now, the the McLaren is like 3,250 pounds. It's still fairly lightweight for, uh, you know, for a car like that that's, you know, convertible as well. And Yeah, I was going to say, when you consider it's a spider and it has all that mechanism in the glass roof and everything. Yes, and I mentioned this uh, last week with Adam on the show, is the convertible top on this 
is not hydraulic. It is all electric. So when you go and buy yourself a used McLaren in a few years from now, no leaky hoses. It's going to be great for the aftermarket world, for the resale world. <laughs> exactly. It is, it is all electronic, and uh, that stuff is getting better and more reliable. Now, <clears throat> the convertible adds about 100, 108 pounds or something over the coupe, but there is no sacrifice in performance. They they say all the, the performance is the same, the horsepower is the same, but maybe they're calibrating the tune. I would love to see a side-by-side dyno test between a 720S Spider and a 720S Coupe and see if there's any difference. But both cars are 0 to 16, 2.7. I think the top speed for both is like 212. Um, and, 212 uh, on the McLaren and like 191 on the uh, NSX. On the NSX. The McLaren yeah. will do 200 with the top down. <laughs> yes. Um, and then this part I love. Being a being an old school drag racing fan like you are, Brad, the McLaren 720s will do the quarter mile in 10.3. Exactly, which is damn fast. I mean, I, mean, I think you're you're probably like a good day of weather, good traction, and an aftermarket exhaust, and you have a nine second car, <laughs> which is crazy because you're right. Back when I did like street racing and and bracket racing and pro gas and stuff. Nine-second cars were, like, hard to come by. Now here's a car you just go by and drive on the street with, and it could be capable of a nine-second quarter, possibly. That's, what, that's incredible. What would cost you less to build a nine-second muscle car or $411,000 for a fully loaded 720S? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's one of those... You know, it's like today the technology has gone up all the way around. So nine-second cars are, you know, these LS motors are, you know, pretty incredible now. So it's definitely, you could build a muscle car a lot cheaper than four. Yeah, you could do it a lot cheaper. You could do it a lot cheaper. But, you know, it wouldn't drive anywhere near down the street as easily because, you know, it's something you're going to be trailing around and things like that more more or less. Yeah, you could do it for 40 grand. Yes, easily. So it's a tenth big, of the car. Yeah, big motor, some decent suspension, a big old shot of nitrous. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what I, Matt and I did just to test it was we put a big shot uh, nitrous kit on the on the uh, 720s to see what it would do. Yeah. Go ahead and tell him that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Brad sat in the passenger seat with a sneaky Pete, like he was like an old man on it with an <laughs> oxygen tank in his mouth. <laughs> um, uh, so it was uh, interesting um, to get the two cars out there and to to photograph them together, and we'll post a bunch of those photographs. Um, the uh, I've got some more thoughts on on the seven twenty, but um, we're going to do. A- I mean, some of the some of the things that that car does right, and it does almost everything right. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about the that it doesn't sacrifice with the uh, spider. You know, it, yeah, the coupe and the, you, the spider. You, yeah, you pull it into a parking lot, and sometimes those type of cars, you'll get that kind of creaking noise as you pull in. That one doesn't. It's that monocoque chassis that it has. It's just rigid wherever it goes. And then, of course, the exhaust. When you put it in, in like, the uh, track mode, the exhaust is just incredible when you shift it. And a couple of the cool little things is that folding driver's display that... That, that pod that rotates within the dash and gives you a minimized 
display of mile per hour pack, just what you need to know when you're, you know, in that track mode. And then, of course, the um, extra, uh, electrochromic roof that you pointed out that uh, with one button, it just hints right away. Yeah, that's kind of a neat feature. So what you're talking about is the gauge cluster in front of you. Um, when you put it in track mode, it folds down and just shows you the minimum stuff and clears your view a little bit more. Um, but yeah, so on the convertible top, the convertible top is a, is a convertible hard top. It's carbon fiber and it's, it's electric powered, but you can get an optional panoramic glass roof. But the glass roof has uh, an electrochromatic uh, like tint on it. It's very high-tech, very futuristic. You hit a button, and it, it, it goes opaque, and you hit it again, and it fades, to, you know, it, it fades away, and it goes to a clear. But uh, let's, say, let's say that feature, if you had to guess, what do you think that cost? Not the, for, for, the, uh, for the, electro, the electric chromatic roof. Just for that? Yeah. You know, just because it's such a unique toy and because it's uh, um, one of those, you know, pointed out to your friend options, it's probably ten or twelve thousand. Yeah, it's about ten grand. <laughs> it's yeah. about ten grand, and and it's funny because every time I was playing with it, it's because I was showing somebody, and and then <laughs> it did get a little cloudy. I was like, well, I've got this feature, so let me turn it off and get a clear skies, and it's like it's cool. I I. I mean, do you use it? I don't know if you use it, but it's kind of badass. Yeah, it's kind of badass. It's, it, it's it looks cool, cool, but yeah, it's it's one of those when you've got the money and you're like, yeah, throw it in. You know what? What's another? Well, thing here's the thing: you is know? the car starts at like three nineteen or something, mm-hmm. and it starts like three fifteen. And then the luxury package version starts at three twenty seven, and then the one we drove had enough options on it that it still was four hundred eleven thousand. You're spending that much money. You're like, ah, do I need a ten thousand dollar glass roof or not? You're like, you're already four hundred and change into it. Like, just go all the way, <laughs> right? Or yeah, get the I mean, base model, not? or I mean, get the base model and save a hundred grand. But I don't think there's a lot of like, do I get the three seventy five version or the four ten version? Like, I think you're already kind of committed. You know, <laughs> you think? <laughs> I mean, kind of yeah, but, but at that point, you don't want to pull in somewhere and have him go. He has a 720s, and he didn't even get the electrochromic uh, roof. Yeah, Can right. You believe Jeez, that? This guy, he got the cheap one. Um, exactly. Uh, I want to talk more about both of the cars, but before we do. I'm going to tell you more about Continental Belts. If you guys think about all the weird things that you find in cars, things like French fries, melted crayons, ooh, maybe things like live snakes, bizarre trinkets, stuff that really makes you wonder about folks. Well, another thing that'll make you wonder, but in a good way, are Continental Belts. I bet you didn't know that they're OE and millions of Chrysler, Dodge, Ford, BMW, VW, and GM vehicles. And Continental has launched their aftermarket multi-V belt with the OE pedigree. It's their OE technology series. These belts are fanatically engineered for perfect fit, form, and function for 98% of the vehicles on the road in the U.S. and Canada. The Continental OE Technology Series Multi-V Belt, the belt with the longest name possible. I mean, the belt with the OE pedigree. (laughs) To get the full story, go to (laughs) oetechnologyseries.com. I just got a dirty look from Chris. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> it's a uh, uh, anyway. All right. So moving on. Um, the the McLaren 
it's it's I keep saying McLaren. I think it's McLaren. 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 It's McLaren. Uh, um I didn't love the Aztec gold. It's kind of a yellowy. It looks good sometimes in the sunlight. And then um this weekend, this past weekend was uh the HRE Wheels open house event. And then um, I realized, like, all these supercars rolled into the hotel at one point. They were all at, like, Mastro's for dinner. And I was like, oh. Then I went on Instagram and saw pictures from the HRE open house, and all these cars were coming back from that event. They were all stopping. So uh, somebody rolled up um, to the hotel, to the Ritz-Carlton, and uh, parked a blue McLaren um, I don't know, maybe it was a 570 or something. And then uh, the 720S was parked next to it. The 720S is badass. You can see it's the bigger brother of those cars. But then you're like, man, that blue is so good. And then you start to regret the yellow. <laughs> you see, I, I've got to say, I'm not, I, I, and I shared this with you before, I'm not a fan of old cars. Even though I've owned a couple muscle cars that were old, the, uh, but that car, I just think it really accentuated the lines. It looked incredible. And um, it, it just it said to me that, man, this car is, you know, out there to, to make a statement, and it looked fast. I mean, you guys going for the gold when you're racing. Why not have gold? Okay, I'm with you. It looks good. Picture it in your head. Picture the Aztec Gold 720S, and now picture it in any other color. <laughs> But you know what? I did see it in red. Yeah. Didn't like it as much in red. It's got to be the right red. It's got to be the right red. A straight up red's not going to do it. It needs to be... It needs to be a little bit darker, sort of metallic red. The metallic needs to be in there because there's like the concave kind of vent in the door that you, mm-hmm. it's, which you don't normally see because a lot of cars are like changing the color. They make it black to accentuate that. With this car, you need the metallic to show the curves because a good metallic comes out almost a bright silver, bright white when the sun is on it in that hot spot, and then the color sort of bleeds off of it. So you need a good blue metallic, a red metallic. Uh, you know, um, even silver would be kind of cool. Um, uh, don't get me wrong, Matt. I didn't say that when I buy my McLaren 720S mm-hmm. that I was going to order in Aztec gold. I just said I enjoyed it on the press car. Well, and especially for photography. I was going to say it looks good on camera. <laughs> oh, it looks great on camera. And you're absolutely right. The metallic, because that car does have all kinds of sexy curves to it and vents and um you know from the back it has that beautiful cover over the motor and the carbon fiber so you know it it really does show itself off well fun fact the 720s has a built-in pizza oven (laughs) yes we found it didn't we it's it's really kind of weird is on the bottom of the door so it's got a scissor door you open up the door and on the bottom of it like the sill of the door there's two buttons and it opens the tonneau cover and there's a place to put like a briefcase like flat you could fit it like can't be very thick it's a briefcase and brad and i open it up and we're like it's a pizza warmer like it's a pizza oven like you just put a pizza in there domino's delivers it in your mclaren and uh and it stays warm and that's about all you can fit underneath that tonneau cover it just looked straight up like it was even like kind of cut out for like a pizza box <laughs> yeah i thought it was for souls so that when george the dog goes for a ride i just get the towels out and cover the seat with it right yeah well certainly need to do that <laughs> certainly need to do that um 
So uh, fantastic car, great power, great sound. It, this one had the front axle lift on it, which is great. So um, uh, a little bit easier to get over the over the speed bumps and stuff. Um, and when you really get up on the details of the 720, that that front headlight that you can see in all the photos, it's kind of blacked out. And it's got a, just a strip of of clear lens where the light is. When you get up on it, that's a floating bar in that in that area, that blacked out area. And the headlight is a floating bar. And the top of the bottom are cut out, and it goes to intercoolers in there. So it looks like a funky kind of squinty eye headlight, but when you get up on the car, you'll see it's all vented. The air goes f- through the whole thing. It's just a little detail that sometimes is often missed. Even across the parking lot, you can walk up on the car and you don't really notice it because it's all kind of blacked out. But you could stick your hands in there. You can stick your hand on the top and the bottom of that light and and go right into the intercooler. I wouldn't recommend it, especially while driving. But but you can <laughs> yeah, do it. exactly um, while it's running. I fit my roller bag and a backpack in the frunk, and that frunk storage. Front? Yeah, it's it's a pretty deep storage space, it's and deep. I just, yeah, I got a small roller bag. Um, and a and a and a backpack, and I got them both to fit in there. Um, so surprisingly, it's I'd say, is it a getaway like a weekend getaway car? Sure, for one person. <laughs> you know, somebody <laughs> well, you else has to have a his and hers. Yeah. What do you mean? And then you race. Yeah, um, which is interesting because you guys saw, saw the pictures that I posted of the Acura with uh, with the truck with the with the jack with the with the floor jack instead of the golf clubs, the floor jack and the jack stand in the back. And it's a it's almost as much room. There's it's not as long, but the McLaren's probably a deeper hole for storage. Um, yeah, it's pretty interesting, but but it's not as wide. Yeah, yeah. It's I'll tell you now. This is one of those uh, first world problems. But because I had a week with the McLaren and a week with the NSX, I um, I kept going to the wrong end of the car on both of them because I you get used to going to the put something, you know, like a camera bag or, or your gear or whatever in the front of the McLaren. And then you, you go to the NSX, you go to the front and you open it and it's just, you know, it's an electric motor and you go, Oh, that's right. I got to go to the back for this one. You know, that's one of those problems. Most people don't have that, that we, that we encounter now. And, and what are your thoughts now on, on the NSX? I mean, let, obviously there's a discussion about price, like how much do you pay when there's, factory incentives and you can get the NSX for I don't know 130 grand or something right now um and that's before you even negotiate you can probably do even better than that um if you wanted to so it's not really a comparison but overall what are your thoughts on the NSX my my feeling on the NSX after driving it is that that is a car I would want to own and be able to drive i mean actually you know where the, the McLaren, you you know, you would think, oh, I'm not going to drive that every day to work or to the office or whatever. But that, if if you were a professional and you had a nice parking garage or a nice office where you could park it, you could literally drive that car to work every day in a climate like ours and enjoy it. The car is so easy to drive. It's fast when you want it to be. Put in comfort mode. It shifts itself. It does everything. Um, it has a nice sound system in it, and when you want to put it in Sport Plus or Track Mode, it gets grumbly, it gets mean, and it's fast, and uh, and it goes where you point it. And the other thing is too is that nothing against McLaren, but out here in Southern California, 
McLarens are seen quite often. And in a jaded area like we live in, um, where supercars are seen on the street every day, that car got a ton of attention, one, because of the color, but two, because of the um, the fact that you just don't see them. Guys that are enthusiasts would continually walk up and say, oh, is that the Acura NS- NSX? And, and they'd want to know all about it. They'd go, I've never seen one in person. And that's something you never hear out here. That's a, that's a good point. I saw maybe a half a dozen Ferraris and four McLarens this weekend and only one NSX, and that's when you pulled up. Um, exactly. The NSX, to me, is a, is not the easiest to get in and out of. You have to swing the door open pretty far. Um, you do, yeah. Otherwise, you kick the speaker in the door. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of the one of the things. There's no front axle lift, um, which... I felt the ride height was okay, but obviously anything in is you know some adjustability would there's a benefit to it, especially when you're concerned with the expensive car. So here's a question for you: An NSX is meant to compete with a Porsche 911 Turbo. They're similar in price when you go by MSRP, but the reality is you could get uh, an NSX for significantly less money than a turbo. So a fair comparison would be, let's say, a Porsche 911 GTS. Would you take a 911 GTS or a GTS Targa, which is kind of nice, with center lock wheels and a seven-speed manual, which is awesome. You're adding options. And, uh, or a nicely equipped... NSX. Let's say NSX with carbon ceramic brakes. I would probably take the NSX because I'm a guy who likes exclusivity. Yeah. And you know how many Porsches that you see. They're to the point of where, oh, you don't even see them anymore because there are so many of them that they're just, yeah, okay, they're great. And, um, And I know they drive well and I know they're fun, but if I wanted something that if I pulled in somewhere and people were going to go, wow, what is that? That'd be the car to have. Plus, after driving it, like I said, I really think it is a um, – uh, and, and that's a good comparison, Matt, because a 911 is the car that a lot of professionals buy as their daily driver mm-hmm. because they want something sporty. So why not have something like the NSX that looks more supercarish, in my opinion? You know – I was thinking about that quite a bit as well, and I was like, you know what? They sold, like, what, 107 or something last year, and there is something mm-hmm. special about it. And, like, I, I mean, you can argue one's going to be worth more, one's going to be worth less, but I'm talking about a, a Porsche 911 GTS versus an NSX. Both of those are probably going to drop in value equally. It's not that big of a deal. I'm not worried about the depreciation of it or anything. As a matter of fact, it, look, collectability comes from cars that are exclusive and they're amazing. And and on some level, collectability comes from cars that are essentially failures. And and the NSX by no means is a failure. It's doing what they're what it's supposed to be doing as a halo car for the brand. But obviously everyone at Acura would be like, yeah, we'd we'd love to sell a lot more of these things. And 
And there are some cars out there. You're like, this is a cool car. It never really caught on well. They only sold a few of them. And fast forward 30 years, you're like, it's getting all the money at Barrett-Jackson, right? Because it's super rare. Not because they only made 10. It's because nobody wanted them at the time. And, and so maybe the NSX falls in that category. But listen, I, I, you're right. As far as like, especially like the LA crowd of, of people that want a sports car as a daily driver going to their law firms and production companies and stuff, and they, they lease them, go lease an NSX, man. Yes. <laughs> I would. I mean, if I had a job. Well, and, and to your point of collectability, you know, the NSX, the original ones are going up in value. And the fixed headlight cars are now up around 150, headed towards 200. Mm-hmm. You know, those last couple of years that they made them, and they made very few of the fixed headlight cars where the headlights didn't pop up. And those are headed towards 200 grand. So, you know, get, get it totally optioned out, get it in a rare color that's desirable, and you could enjoy it for years and then maybe, you know, have something that's collectible. Uh, as part of your portfolio of cars. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I like the car. And uh, if you've got more money and you don't want three NSXs, you can get a McLaren 720S. Here's, exactly. here, here's my question on the, on the Acura. I don't know the answer to this. I don't know if you do. Maybe it's a question for, you know, for our buddy Dave Merrick or one of the engineers over there. But the NSX is a V6 turbo car uh and it uses two electric motors on the front. What yes. happens? How does it work if we want to modify the car? If we tune the engine a little bit or, you know, put a couple K&N filters in it or put an exhaust system on it to get a little more noise and it picks up a little power. How does modifying the gas engine work in relation to the electric motors? When you put it in launch control and it uses all the motors and everything, um, which is fun, by the way, if you haven't done it. Um, it is. Uh, how does it work? What happens to the electric motors? Do you overdrive the electric motors? If you add more power to to the gas engine and and you're doing like a launch control or something, are you overdriving? Are you pushing the electric motors? Or, or, like, I'm curious what it's doing um, or does the car know or does it? Does it does it mechanically via gearbox and stuff? Does it does it somehow compensate? I don't know, but I'm curious. Interesting question. Yeah, I'm curious. Can you modify? By the way, can you modify an NSX or any of the electric hybrid supercars? Can you can you modify a LaFerrari? Can you modify a P1? Can you modify the Porsche the, with the 918? Or uh, I'm I'm just curious how that stuff works. I mean, well, you're right because just very small subtleties can throw the computer off. So everything has to be changed um, in like a daisy chain or like dominoes because you change one thing if it's if the sniffers in the exhaust are getting a different input from a new exhaust, you know, it's going to throw off the O2 sensors in the computer and, you know, everything's going to, you know, start changing. So that's a good question. And you're right. That'd be something we'd have to ask, like, the uh, after engineers. Or, uh, and we should. We should bring it up and, I, and ask. I, listen, I'd be curious to know. Somehow, it, it. I'm sure there's a way for it to compensate. For for starters, you go fill up the, the NSX at the at the gas station and you look in there it says 93 octanes recommended 91 is mandatory minimum so i'm sure that car 
changes its horsepower, changes its performance just based on the grade of the fuel, which means it 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 can do something. Um, there's probably a way to tune, you know, like maybe putting an exhaust on the car, it treats it like you're running it on 93 octane compared, you know, because we got shitty 91 octane out here. You know, yeah. So so maybe there's a way it it does something. You know, I, I think uh, Graham Rahal's company, Graham Rahal Performance, is working on um, on like an exhaust kit and stuff on his NSX. So I'm curious to see. He's got plenty of money, so if he breaks his, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> he should break his first, so the rest of us can get a report back. <laughs> then we can benefit. From He's going to be we'll like R and D. Have him call in and go. Ah, modifying the motor was a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got a I've got an NSX parts car. Um, all right, before we get things uh, wrapped up, I've got a few things to tell you. Um, first of all, Zycote, heat is the enemy of speed. And Zybar, a revolutionary high-temp coating, dissipates heat and increases performance of manifolds, headers, exhausts, turbos, and intakes. Zybar coats the metal surface and doesn't allow it to absorb heat. On uncorked stock components, I'm sorry, uncoated stock components, the hot exhaust gas heats up the metal and increases back pressure in the exhaust system, causing the reduced engine performance. Zybar increases horsepower and torque and reduces the metal surface and under hood temperatures. Overall, the car is breathing better. It's doing better. And that, 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 uh, the, the velocity of the gas is going through the exhaust system. When you keep that heat in there, um, is better. So for your listeners who aren't uh, do-it-yourselfers, you can visit Zycote.com and click on Coating Services, and Zycart will coat your parts for you. So now if you don't have a, a sandblaster or something, you just go to Zycote.com, you fill out the order form, and you can just mail in your parts in something like two weeks, you mail it back, it's done. Um, actually, we just used this stuff. I'm going to post you guys a picture. On the Porsche 935, we took the original brake ducts off the backing plates and uh, we had some uh, Zybar sample kits out there. So uh, we're like, well, we kind of like this kind of uh, this bronze uh, metallic that they have. It was actually a similar color to the 935. So uh, we shot it and it uh, looks pretty good. Pretty good coating. Um, anyway, so that's uh, so your thoughts on the, on, the, on the Acura is you'd like an Acura over the Porsche. There's a little bit more exclusivity. It's a fun car to drive. Um, and uh, and now that see you went the you went the opposite direction. I drove the Acura, then went to the McLaren, and you went to the McLaren, and then to the Acura. Do you do you feel slow? Do you feel underwhelmed? <laughs> you know what? I had a week in between in the Jaguar uh, um, I Pace. So oh, in the I Pace, kind of calm the waters in between. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I went. Uh, I I swapped out the McLaren, and um, I've got. A Range Rover, full-size Range Rover SV autobiography. It's the the big daddy of Range Rovers. It is gorgeous. It is gorgeous. Well, it's got a long enough name, so it's got to yeah. be the big daddy. I, I can't. Uh, I can't wait to show you the photos of this thing. Um, and you guys recall that I had the Range Rover Sport, uh, a plug-in hybrid, um, and. I, I, it might have been a pre-production version. I can't say for sure. Um, the one I have now is red. It's it's a metallic-y dark red. It's the same one as the as the plug-in hybrid sport. Um, I had some issues with the plug-in hybrid sport. It wasn't the plug-in portion of it because I wasn't going to plug it in anyway. Um, the issues were I just had so many bugs with the whole infotainment system. And uh, 
I had to restart the car several times, and even CarPlay was crashing because it wasn't showing up on the screen up there. And and um, uh, and again, I I don't want to I don't want to pick on them too much and say that's the way they are. Um, I know they sort of have a reputation for that, um, but. The new SV autobiography that I'm driving, same infotainment system, and so far, no problems. It's been working fine. So um, I'll report back to you on that. But this thing is, uh, I don't know, 550 horsepower, full-size Range Rover, uh, red and black interior, diamond stitch. I'm going to show you the captain's chairs in the back. The uh, The armrest between the captain's chairs in the back is power. It folds down. And then there's another power button and a carbon fiber like sleeve opens up and your cup holders are hidden inside. <laughs> it is it is it is it is trick, but it's funny because uh it's not very fast the power movement like for the cup holders. I'm sitting there holding the button going, yeah, I'm waiting for it, waiting for it, waiting for it. Um but it's some it's some cool stuff. I can't wait to show you guys that. Uh and, it sounds uh, like a road trip to Vegas type of vehicle. It, it really does cuz by the time you get there the 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 cup holders are open. Um, but exactly. it's, it's you'll big, have your it's drink fast. all finished and you'll have a place to put the empty cup. Um, but uh, it's a lot of fun for sure. Uh, guys, definitely check out uh, Shift and Steer. That's the podcast that uh, Brad and I do together with our yeah. little buddy, Aaron Hagar, the giggler, Aaron Hagar. Uh, <laughs> it's a fun show. It's, it's, it's casual. It's relaxed. If you guys haven't tuned into that, we have some fun over that show. Um, and of course, before we go, I'll tell you a bit, a bit about Geico. Everybody's got a to-do list. You drop off a tray cleaning, pick up some milk, and now you can add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance, and you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. Just go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. So if you want some extra money in your pocket, this is the most rewarding to do you can do today. Be sure to check out Geico.com. All right, you can follow me. I'm at Motorator on all the social medias, and uh, we'll be back with Goldberg, and uh, oosh, he's going to be heading out for his big wrestling match. So uh, hopefully he comes back in, in one piece and feeling good. Um, but uh, follow him at Goldberg and Goldberg Garage on Twitter and Goldberg95 and Goldberg's Garage on Instagram. Check out the Hoonigan video, um, some cool projects uh, that he's got going on over there as well. And uh, Brad, thanks for calling in. Where can we find you on social media? Yeah, find me on Instagram at Bradley underscore Fanshawe. Uh, and you can also find a lot of these cars we're talking about uh, at Photos by Fanshawe on Instagram. Excellent. And, uh, of course, our website is Car Cash Show. And then, by the way, all these uh, all these photos, um, we, we're posting galleries up on the Shift and Steer website. So go to shiftandsteer.com and, uh, and you can check that out. Uh, that's it. I got, I got, I'm done. You got anything else, Brad? No, that's it, man. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for filling in for Bill. Uh, Until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit carcastshow.com.